Hey there, this is Emily. And this is Rosa. Welcome to the Unchecked Podcast. We are two women from two different countries who will talk about living life in their late 20s. Hey everyone, welcome back to our latest episode. So today's episode, we're going to talk about how to deal with social conflict. Um, and as Rosa has pointed out when we talked about in the beginning, how to swim through conflict. Um, and so we're going to talk about four main types of conflict that typically comes up and we'll provide examples. So one is being gaslit, one is being passive aggressive, any pet peeves, and then also those that are attention seekers. So we're going to start off with being gaslit. So according to um, what the definition of gaslit means is psychological brainwashing, the type of mental or emotional abuse when someone uses manipulation or distraction tactics to distort the truth, making victims question their own reality. All right, Rosa, do you have examples where you were gaslit or you were the gaslighter? Well, gaslit, like I was telling you, all of my relationships, because I pretty much dated way too many Leos in my life. No, but I think a lot of the, the a lot of the times is because I am really sensitive. So I try my best not to overreact. And sometimes I think that the biggest gaslit has been when I try to exert my boundaries over people mm -hmm. and or like you know like sh show them like okay I have self-worth I'm not gonna allow you to do certain things I don't think this is okay mm -hmm. and then they were they mm -hmm. will be like oh you're overreacting I had a girlfriend that allowed me to do this or everybody does this or so it, they would invalidate your feelings and it'll make you feel like oh maybe I am overreacting maybe this is something normal maybe I'm being uptight or maybe I'm just being uh, too sensitive sensitive or something like that so i think that the most important part about being gaslit which is really hard because when especially when you're in love with that person you always mm. see them with rose colored glasses and you don't think the worst of them but i think the right. most important thing is to have very strong boundaries and know that this is it like this is your line and you're not gonna cross it and if someone is forcing you to cross this line then they do not care for you they do not have their best interest in mind and it's really hard to keep that in mind like i said when you are really into them but you have to in order to preserve yourself and I think another time that has happened to me is that I think at work or like especially in areas that you are when as a POC as a person of color you're like the one token uh and sometimes people say things that are like a little out of pocket like okay this is like pretty racist and mm -hmm. then I mentioned to someone like oh I think I'm gonna talk to so-and-so about what he said because I think this was like not okay at all and someone would say oh no he didn't mean it like it's not a big deal and so and you are the only person that is like a pock there so you're like well like you don't understand what I'm talking about you know um, mm -hmm. like for example like uh, my work in New York uh, I was the only person that was Latinx right uh, and they would oh, we had a lady that queen did the floor and I will speak to her a lot she was awesome and mm -hmm. everybody would call her Mar Maria but that's not really her name and somebody said wait so they, they just called her Mar assumed her name was Maria yeah. because she was Latinx exactly and then they, they said oh yeah because everybody's name is like that but it wasn't like everybody in the in the in the floor it was just a couple of people you know oh, and her name was Mariana or it was very similar but they just assumed you know and went with it so and the lady what the work there like she she didn't speak english that well so i guess she tried to communicate that that wasn't her name but 
it didn't come across. So mm-hmm. it's just like the dehumanizing part of like not calling someone their their given name and not even caring when you're uh when you correct them, right? Because you sometimes correct, and that's the thing. Like like sometimes it's hard to see like as lit because you say like, okay, I have the truth. This is not her name, and they're like, are you sure? Because I try and I ask her, and she says Maria, and I'm sure. And you're like, maybe maybe they they had a they had an error or like maybe they couldn't communicate each other like you try to see the best the best uh to see them both in a good light and it's like oh maybe there was a mistake but at the end of the day it wasn't right because then they continue after you corrected them they continue calling her the wrong name so i think in your example though it's a it's a lot of ignorance and also it's like if all your coworkers say the same thing then you get that dissonance right it's like oh wait maybe they are right and i'm just thinking the wrong way in terms of like my example being gaslit i think i was gaslit back in high school <laughs> there's this so the, i think this is in freshman year we were working on this project and i remember this um one girl she we basically went to her house to do this project but i feel like she's the type of person that makes you feel guilty even though you didn't do something or if you don't do it in the right way that she wants you to um for instance like okay you gotta make this venn diagram this way or that like she actually thinks is she actually makes you think it's your fault for doing it the wrong way and i just remember like it just when i was with her like this was for a group project it just didn't feel right i just couldn't name it but i'm pretty sure it's being gaslit she's also like kind of we talk about this a little bit later but like passive aggressive like true the sides and like very clicky and i think that that a whole combination of things just made her become the person she is and she's also done it to other people um, and not just me. I would also acknowledge like, I think for to being gaslit, you just have to be like aware of your surroundings and also have a level of confidence and self-worth that you said, Rosa. And I think at that time when I was in high school, I didn't necessarily have that. I was like more insecure, didn't really know what I want, still trying to find my group of people. And because of that, I was willing to mold myself into these different groups to figure out like, okay, who am I? Um, I think now because I'm, I think I'm relatively good at setting boundaries. I haven't been gaslit, but I could also imagine like if I was in a really toxic relationship and I really love this person and you know like when I like someone I think a lot of the things does become like rose rose colored glasses as you mentioned Rosa I think in those situations I really really hope that doesn't happen it hasn't happened yet like I don't become like ignorant to all these red flags that come up because I'm like oh no there's so many good things to that person there's no way he's gaslighting me um so yeah so that's really where it shows up in my life and actually just uh side note there's a movie called Gaslight about a husband that kind of like plays with a light and convinces his wife that she's losing her mind and that's where the term oh Gaslight came it's a really interesting that's movie that's crazy yeah definitely watch it I definitely recommend it okay so I guess we could move on to the next topic which is passive aggressiveness um to be honest i really hate i do don't think i have actually i have no passive aggressive friends like a lot of my friends are either brutally honest or just like direct and straightforward with me i have friends that are like a little bit more unwilling to share their feelings like it just takes them a little bit of time but i've like filtered out all the passive aggressive people in my life because i really do not need that drama like just tell me (laughs) how about you rosa how how have your experiences been same like i mean i was in a sorority before college so Mm -hmm. you've been around a lot of passive aggressiveness i extremely drawn to conflict as you know i do not keep anything to myself it's actually really bad i pretty much you know like i do not go around mm-hmm. the bushes i tell you exactly what i feel and i think it's actually good in a way because i either you love me or hate me 
either I have antagonized you so you don't really even care about having like some resemblance <laughs> of niceness around me because you know that I hate your gut or you know that I love you so you you know for sure that I can like you know you can tell me anything when I do something wrong so I think it, that's how it, I have eliminated that passive aggressiveness from my life but at work is something different like I don't have I've never experienced passive aggressiveness at work but I have seen it mm. I have heard it from my friends and that's harder because it's not like you can tell them to f off right because they're your co-workers so you kind of have to kind of tread lightly there right and passive aggressiveness I think at work can also play into politics right yes. it's like especially for people that know they have more power they can do certain things to like take people off but I guess like have you ever dealt with passive aggressive people and how has those situations or scenarios worked out like do you end up just like have screaming arguments with one another or it's kind of like trying to push that person to say stuff but you they just keep being passive aggressive like how, how has it shown up i think that before especially in, in uh, what's it called like my past relationships i would get into arguments with people and we wouldn't really kind of like resolve the issue like i would see the other person be sulking around me giving me back the compliments you know mm-hmm. and at first i actually it's very interesting because i at first i would just go straight up and be like what's your problem okay tell me right now what are your what is your problem like you know and it didn't work out because that person probably didn't have their pretty much their thoughts about the subject like they wouldn't have like analyzed how they feel etc so they weren't ready to talk so it was never a a good conversation after it was more like an explosiveness of like i was like why are you bitching you know like it was never good so i think now especially with people that i know i kind of leave them be and so and when i know they're ready like i was i will tell them like i know that something upsetting you and if when you are ready to talk to me you can come and talk to me kind of thing yeah but how do you know when they're ready i feel like some people just like hold grudges forever (laughs) well that's the thing like that's the beauty about growing up too especially it's like there's three levels of people like people you love people you hate which are not even that much because you know you just don't see them anymore and people that you're completely apathetic about Mm -hmm. right and i feel like those people that hold grudges become like nothing at the end of the day you kind of forget them like there's a lot of times like people have whole grudges against me for some reason and maybe i was in the wrong but since you didn't tell me and it's been five years you continue to hate me and i don't even know your name so who's winning you know what i mean like same rosa same it's like it's like you why didn't like especially like especially if you try to bring it up in that situation like maybe like four years later and you're like hey like and you see that person you're like hey i i know that there's just been that situation that happened i know you were really upset about it but like can you let me know what happened so we can mend it i mean four years is a lot right but you've i think if you try to mend the relationship and they're not even willing to like go through that it's just a, a characteristic of like their character and, and how they approach life versus like your issue is that well unless you like did something really bad <laughs> but i'm just saying yeah. if you just did something really small and you really didn't even realize and you know that like if you recognized it and they said it to you you're willing you're totally willing to say sorry i don't think there's an yeah i don't know i don't know why people hold fucking grudges all the time <laughs> It's not healthy. It's actually really bad for your mental health to hold a grudge for so long. But you know what's interesting? Like, I try to come, now that I've been doing therapy for God knows how long, I try to come from, like, a like a place of kindness because most of these people that are passive aggressive it's because they grew up in a place that they felt like mm. they couldn't really express fully their like they grew up in a they were raised in an environment when they couldn't like directly express their emotions mm. so they always 
they were never encouraged or allowed so they always kind of had to go like around the bush to show how they felt right mm -hmm. so that's the hard part like I, I mean for me it's like why can everybody be assertive and emotionally open but I understand that not a lot of people I mean not not that a lot of people but not there are some people that didn't have this environment and that's why they are the way they are but at the same time I feel like especially now when when with your grown you know how you are you know you right. know your you're good and you're bad so you should work on you know you should work on that yeah I think I mean I think there's a little bit of like if they they know they're passive aggressive and they just are okay with it right which means they're just navigating life that way there are people that are passive aggressive and maybe they just haven't been approached by other people to like tell them they are like that and so they just keep doing the same things because no one has told them otherwise which is two separate things but the great thing about growing up and going into your 30s is that you have less and less friends but you have more and more quality friends and so you just gotta filter that Amen. shit filter it out don't don't need that in your life like honestly i have less patience for people i'm like i need to just be as stressed as possible it's apn i'm already getting tired and easily <laughs> like i don't need one more thing to think about in my life my bedtime is coming <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah. seriously and you know what's interesting that like one of the things that you said resonated with me is like that you said that now we don't like we you when you grow up you have less friends like in, in reality like the people that were that you thought were your friends weren't really your friends so it's kind of like it's not that you lose friends to me it's more like you discover who your real friends right, are right, kind right. of thing and I feel like a lot of times, like, especially when you're younger, a lot of your relationships are situational. So you kind of like deal, like, I think passive aggressive comes from too, that you are kind of like tolerating people, but you don't really like them, but you just happen to be roommates or whatever situation that life through. And you guys are sharing this space yeah. together. And now you have to deal with this person. But when you don't, then you can be like your true nasty savage <laughs> self, you know, and go go out, go at it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, well, speaking of um, being yourself, how about attention seekers? I love those. <laughs> Rosa, are you a are you an attention seeker? I honestly, I don't know. Like, I love attention seekers. Let's just start with that because I love what? Leos. Yeah, I I'm like, a Leo, I... but I don't seek attention. <laughs> Rosa's exactly. giving me this look right now. This is called a pregnant pause. Um, but no, on a, on a serious note, it's just I just really like people that are in, that are interesting and mm -hmm. they're a command of room. Yeah, you get what I mean. Because mm -hmm. I am very vivacious, but only when you really get to know me, you know. Because I don't put effort in most of my like. If I'm just meeting you, I don't put any effort on just meeting you. You know what I mean? Like, and you know that like. I I'm really like whatever brasse about most humanity. So I'm just like whatever person yeah. that I just met. I don't care about you. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like we often I don't know if it's just also you, but like for me, I feel like I have two personas, yes. right? I have my persona when it, like I'm with a large group of people and I have my persona when like I'm just one on one with someone. And I think those wow. are not drastically different, but there are nuances to it. I see. Like for me it's not more about like group of people or by myself. It's more like when people I know and people that I don't know. But also on a Gemini mm. moon. So like there's times that I'm like, yo, I love attention. I like crave it. Just like literally I tell him in French, like, Jocelyn, I am a flower that is dying without attention. Like legit. It sounds better in French, I promise. But like, uh, can you say it in French, please? Oh uh, no! But I, like, what is that? Uh, <laughs> je suis un feu qui s'effondre. 
Donnez-moi attention, s'il vous plaît. Ooh, it sounds so nice when you say it. I know, part. right? Have you said in French? It's like, ah. Okay, anyway. It, yeah, yeah, it's very different. <laughs> yeah, it's very like, wow. Okay, anyway, but yeah. Like, I... I need attention, but there are times that it's like, oh my god, that horror of being perceived is it gets too much to me. Like I just want to be mm-hmm. by myself and like not have anyone looking at me or talking to me or anything. So yeah, I I okay. So I guess it's like I'm. I don't think I'm an attention seeker, but I do like to bring energy especially if it's like a group of people that are more quiet. I tend to be the one that's like very open, like starts conversation and like quote unquote like the life of the party you know but when there are like let's say there's like 10 leos in a room i am really quiet too many lions i mean like i don't know this there's too many lions i'm just gonna let them do their thing you know like i don't think i could be someone like that every time it depends on the group i'm in but when i see the word attention seeker i'm like thinking of very specific people oh i already know like, who you're thinking about <laughs> but no names <laughs> no names but it's just like it's like they're they're you know maybe it's just like i'm just more conscious of this and i see it but like you know that they're seeking attention and so they act very different from their personality like very like completely opposite of their personality to get that attention and like that's what bothers me because it's like you're just trying to act cute or act macho or whatever just to seek this attention from people and it drives the nuts out of me <laughs> I really don't care for like I really don't care either way like it's just like okay you're seeking attention cool but and also from Miami like the capital of, of attention seekers so I guess I'm so used to it that I was like whatever mm, yeah honestly I don't know like if you exported me to LA I think I would go fucking crazy either I'll become an attention <laughs> seeker or I'll just be like I'm gonna burn this whole city down <laughs> <laughs> extreme <laughs> To each their own. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like, that's Miami culture, you know, having a flashy ass car, having like loud ass music, making sure that everybody knows that you got out of your car. Like, you know, that's like a thing. Yeah. I mean, again, maybe it's like a more internal thing where it's like a little part of it, of me, I see in them and that's why I'm projecting. But it just, I don't know why it bothers me so much. Anyway, speaking of bothering us, we could let's end this episode with pet peeves. Rosa, like I guess in, in general, when it comes to social conflict, do you have any like pet peeves that you can think about or that are like super annoying to you? I don't know. Like I have so many in social, like in social conflicts. I think one of my biggest pet peeves is the, when we are debating and I'm coming at you with facts, and you're like, well, my uncle's daughter said, like, like you know, you can put your quanon shit where your, the sun does not shine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, I don't understand how people can come at you with, like, nothing, like, absolutely nothing, just the belief, and then they really think that you're gonna, moment, I just don't want to talk to you anymore. And then the craziest part is that they're like, no, 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 I'm like, no, it's okay, it's over. Like, the moment that you show me that you are that you're not gonna improve by this conversation and you're not gonna even listen to what I have to say, it's like it's over. The scariest thing is that like when they think they're right, they're like completely right and you're wrong, and they're well, you're spewing facts and they're just spewing things they read off this like one article somewhere. Yeah, I totally understand, but I think like that comes from respect, and I really mm. cannot cannot stand people that are disrespectful. It's just like why like there's no need to you know like go low as michelle obama would say right there's no need to insult like there's a lot of people that say things like that you can uh argue about things and then all of a sudden they just like 
bring out something that is like out of nowhere something that is like okay do you have an example of that of that happening to you i cannot think about it at the top of my head i mean i i don't really it's just like the demeanor it's not like sometimes it's not what they say to you but it's like their demeanor like how they like respond to you like you can tell that they think they're better than i think it's like what like that happened to me like once when i was arguing with one teacher that i have in what i had back in high school that she was a horrible teacher and she became a lawyer which is perfect because she was a horrible teacher she like made us do sheets all day and then i put something about rbg being problematic which i just true. and then she was like oh why is this this case and i was like okay here there are like all these things that you can read about and i sent her a couple and i was oh this is the facebook post yeah. you talked about your last episode right? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And because i don't really argue with people like i really like just block and move on so the one time that's one of the few times that ever happened and she was like said something like oh yeah but like i thought what are your original thoughts and i'm just like <laughs> we're talking about facts you're telling me why is she problematic and i'm just telling you like okay here this are her the things that she did like especially like her involvement in Native American issues and stuff like that and like I literally yeah. gave like it's like you cannot like you cannot argue with what you think you know like I'm sorry that your hero is problematic I'm mm-hmm, sorry mm-hmm. everybody's there's almost everybody's problematic right like none of my heroes right, right. are in the dollar bills you know so mm-hmm. Andrew Jackson is in the 20 he killed like all of my ancestors what the fuck you know what I mean like like please get over yourself so I don't know like that's what bothers me when people like are looking down on you just because they had a lawyer degree from a community college or like what the fuck like good everybody reads books so what what is your your take on things like okay good for you like that's the thing like damn coming in like, strong i mean like if we want to go there we can go there but like unnecessary but, don't go lower but that's that. the thing see like you can see like i am a savage so like that's what one of the things i'm working on like <laughs> not being such a fucking bitch when i argue with people that's why i don't argue with people anymore because i do go low mm. which is bad which is bad it's probably from your sorority days it's just like <laughs> sorry days i haven't it hasn't come off yet i can read people i can read people so well so like you know it's like why not <laughs> why not just target them right where it hurts um so speaking of pet peeves i think for me i really hate people that try to find arguments when there aren't any um or people that think they're always right it's just like like let you're having a conversation maybe you're having a conversation on the sky right and i'll be like hey the sky is blue which that's the fact and they're like oh no like i think it's a little bit of purple like there's a little bit of pink here i'm like dude like it's it's blue there's no argument i'm just stating a fact can we move on from this one statement that you said and so i don't maybe again this is more of like psychology behind them but maybe they're like um how do I say it? Insecure of something that insecure happened back in their past. And they're trying to like, this is how they show up in it. But I've met people that are just like that. And I'm like, stop. Like, I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. Like, why are you being this way? And it, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen this before, Rosa, but. In dates. Oh, yeah. in dates. I really? mean, I love it when they say something and they're like, well, this is wrong. I'm like, I have a master's degree in computer science, but okay. <laughs> People are just such interesting creatures. I think that like what bothers me the most, because I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm problematic. I know I like Oscar Wilde said, we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. Like I know I, I know that I'm like fat phobic sometimes because I'm from Miami. So I say a lot of things that maybe are not like I'm very shallow. You know, I will listen mm-hmm. to you more attentively if you're attractive. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like I cannot yeah. help myself. I, I am a very felt individual, so I understand. But I feel like af- and after a certain time, after a certain age, you need to look gain some introspection and i think that the reason there's a lot of people that can't gain introspection because they're selfish and i think that that's something like i see a lot more in the united states because we're a very individualistic society so mm-hmm. we are taught that in order to survive and to thrive we kind of need to screw over people in a way not mm-hmm. directly sometimes but just like you know we are taught that there's a scarcity and you know, to win, uh, win others need to lose, which is not necessarily, in my mind, it's not necessarily the case, but a lot of people think this way. So for them, just like they, they always have to be right because that's the way that they keep winning, right? And they're so selfish that they cannot even like see a world where you will be right. And that's what bothers me the most. But I think like the best thing that you can do with people like that, that they don't really care what you have to say is just ignore them. I know it's hard, but just, I can't, like, I, I'm still working on it because I got to pop off sometimes, but the best thing would be to just ignore and move on, you know, like there's some, a lot of strategies, um, but what about you? Have you said, you have any more pet peeves? No, I mean, like a lot of what was talked about, you already mentioned, um, yeah, just, I think disrespect is a huge one or just like, or like someone that like lies often, <laughs> which again, I think it's a little bit of gaslighting, but like lies often or like not true, truthful to themselves. And so like they come to the point where they're not only lying to you, but they're lying to themselves and they believe their own lies. Like that's like the scariest um, type of person there is. No, I, I think that's that's mostly it. Like, yeah. And just so, okay, so there's different things that you can do. So when you see conflict, so for example, when there's a conflict on, for example, uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is also when people like don't, I was telling Emily before we started recording that I had something with my coworkers and they all show up like an hour late and I was very upset about that because to me it's like a waste of my time. So once you find something that bothers you or, or you know, like a conflict inducing place, I think it's really good to, first of all, uh, analyze your feelings, like differences of mm. feelings why am I feeling this way? And also, like, think about the other people and how are they different from you? Like, maybe their perception, you know, there's people that, like, I have, there's so many times that I have thought, especially when I was younger, that I was absolutely right in a dispute to then only realize that I was absolutely wrong because our perceptions are different, you know? Like, we only live through life in our avatar body, not somebody else's. So sometimes you do things and you think you're, like, absolutely doing the right thing, but then to someone's perspective, you're not. And also, you have to think about, like, the differences of culture as well and Mm -hmm. um, environment, right? Like, for example, Mm -hmm. here in France, a lot of people come in to a party, like, 15 minutes late, and it's actually... For them is a sign of of politeness because you don't want to come just on time because maybe they're still preparing for the soiree so then you come in a little bit later so you make sure that they have the time to set up right it's always good to come from that place and try to come from a place of like okay how am i gonna fix this instead of like how am i gonna build up the bridge because i build up bridges like so fast and that's it's not conduct conducted to anything good yeah i mean also i think like i've i recently been reading this book about setting boundaries and i think a lot of it is just like mm-hmm. you need to figure out how much shit you can actually take before it's too much right like mm-hmm. what is my like how 
if this person does this, that's where I draw the line. Because if you don't draw the line, that person is going to keep doing the same exact thing to you over and over again. You're going to feel the exact same way every time they do this. And it's going to be a cycle. You're going to be a hamster in a hamster wheel and it's going to keep happening to you. So setting your boundaries is so important. And I mean, also, I think setting boundaries in general is like a very human thing that we all have to go through. It's a product of what has happened in our childhood, how we've dealt with boundaries with our parents and with our family. And so like, it's really hard I've sometimes to like pass that from family to friends, right? Fam- friends to lovers, lovers and like, work life so you just gotta work with a therapist or like or just figure out yourself like write it down what is my boundary make a list and hopefully that when you realize you've had you have the same feeling you had when it was breached you go back to that what you wrote and you're like oh hey wait I wrote down that like if he does this to me I need to say no and then hopefully that can help with some of the things that you're facing yes definitely a lot of the things like that I have done um, that had been like the worst things that I think I have done have always been in response to something or someone that I thought wronged me and I felt like I have to get them back and I think that a lot of the things could have been fixed if I would have been more open if I would have have more clear boundaries right but I didn't mm-hmm. do that so yes I definitely agree with what you said having clear mm-hmm. boundaries helps a lot and also analyzing your feelings right why am i feeling this way don't let it like drown you but once you start feeling that icky feeling of "Mm, and annoy try to figure out the source right and then like even if you approach that person with what you're feeling i like people always get defensive right so like it's always helpful to like use i statements like i felt this when you did this to just like show them like this is how what my perspective of the thing is i'm not telling you what you need to do but i'm telling you how i feel at this moment opens up more of that conversation if that person isn't even willing to listen to you then you have to think about are they even worth it yeah, exactly <laughs> they're not answer is they're not <laughs> but i think i mean yeah, again i think it's also really hard if especially if it's like really close friends that you've had been with for a long time or even your family right because family do lodge that shit to you and you, sometimes you just gotta have to deal with it you know because they're your blood or you don't it really depends yes definitely you you're the only one that is the captain of your ship and you have to figure it out how to navigate those waters of comfort. Okay, so after we gave all that inf- inspirational <laughs> speeches and thoughts, um, well, yeah, just let us know in the comments, you know, how you deal with social conflict, any pet peeves that you have, and any examples that maybe resonate with what we just mentioned today. So on that note, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.